Hi, welcome to Seattle Mama Doc. This is Dr. Wendy Sue Swanson. I'm here with Dr. Erin Schoenfelder. She's a PhD and expert in ADHD, um, helps manage families, children with behavioral problems, and is involved in research and health risk behaviors for kids and teens who have ADHD. Dr. Schoenfelder, thanks for joining me. Thanks very much, Wendy. So we're here really to talk about parenting a kid, a child, a family, in an, in the culture we live, um, a child who's been diagnosed with ADHD. And we're going to start it out with something we talked about before we started recording, which is it's just harder to parent a child who has a diagnosis of ADHD than it is to parent a child who doesn't. Yes, indeed. So why is that, Dr. Shanefelder? Yeah. Like... There are a few reasons, but I, I think the best metaphor comes from the work of Russell Barkley, who is a researcher who established a lot of the behavioral ways we can help kids with ADHD. And he talks about this window on time. So you can think about, for us as adults, we've got kind of this window of our attention. We've got what's going on right in front of us. Maybe you're sitting at your job in front of the computer, but you can kind of project forward. You can think about your to-do list. You can think about what you're going to make for dinner tonight. <laughs> and you can slide back and remember what just happened in that meeting. Uh, what were the things that I needed to remember from, you know, something that happened over the weekend? And we can use that information to make decisions. But for a child with ADHD, their window on time is much smaller. It's very narrow. Hmm. And really, whatever's going on right then in the moment is going to con- completely fill the window. It's going to kind of flood the window. Hmm. So if your child's playing Minecraft, what's going to be in their window? Minecraft, right? They're yeah. not going to be... If you're saying, did you bring your homework home? They're like, wait, what? Right. Huh? <laughs> They're yeah. not worrying about it getting too late to start on their homework. They're not worrying about the fact that you asked them to fold their laundry three times already. It's just whatever's in the moment. And so it's it's really hard for them to make decisions with the lack of being able to shift forward and backward as easily. Well, and you say, too, that, you know, the that kids, because of that window of time, don't connect a behavior almost with a consequence in the same way that a child who doesn't have ADHD. Right, yeah. So explain that. Explain why that yeah. is, too. Is it because they can't kind of frame shift back and put things in perspective? Right. Or is it, what is it? Yeah. So to make that connection between behavior consequence, the consequence has to happen in the same window as the behavior. So if you're in the car and your child's kicking the back of your seat and you say, when we get <laughs> oh, home. Oh, that happens. <laughs> yes, it does. Yeah. No, no screen time tonight, uh, by the time you get home, that's ancient history, right? There was a big delay between the consequence and the actual behavior. So it's just not going to be meaningful. Kids with ADHD are going to need feedback in the moment because that gives them a chance to learn and to later use that information in their window simultaneously to make a decision. Well, and so in the challenge, and we open this saying, you know, it's harder to parent a child like that. I think families will come so desperate to clinic and talk with me about how things are going with their child with ADHD before or even after a diagnosis. And part of it is that when you look at the stuff online or you read the parenting books or your mother tells you what to do um, or the neighbors tell you or your friends tell you what worked with their kid, when you implement it and you fail, you start to feel like a failure. And yet what you're saying is that, you know, the kind of standard sticker charts, um, time out, natural consequences, parenting models just may not work with a child who has ADHD and brain is different. Yeah. Yeah. It breaks my heart because at Seattle Children's, 
almost everybody coming through that door is an excellent parent who are doing the right things that should be working and would be working with 90% of kids. But they're there because they've got a child in the 10% who's not processing information the same way. And therefore, the regular parenting techniques need some tweaks. Uh, They can still, you know, use rewards, use consequences and timeout, but they just need to use them slightly differently so their child can learn from that experience. So you talk also about... uh, Um, kids with ADHD kind of tend to lack internal Mm self-regulation. How do parents, what do they change in what they do to compensate for that? Right. We can think about it like having our own internal engine that we regulate. And we uh, give ourselves feedback about how we're doing and what we should do next to make decisions. But kids with ADHD are not internally regulating. Their their window is so full of distractions and other things. Um, So they're really dependent on what's going on around them to determine their behavior. So they may know a routine. They may know all the steps of getting dressed and getting their teeth brushed and downstairs. But if there's a distraction in their window, all bets are off. Yeah. Like uh, a book or a Kindle or a stuffed animal or anything. Or a right? rubber just... band that was under the bed that they <laughs> wanted to, you know, turn into a bracelet. Who, who knows yeah. what it could be. And so what's a way to help, like, what can parents do so that they don't blow up every morning and then the morning feels crummy and then you're at work and you're thinking, I was such a jerk and the morning went so badly and the car ride was so terrible or the bus stop wait was awful. Like, what can we do in the moment when we feel like we see the clock going and we know the bus is coming and our kids are gone and distracted? What's a good, like, helpful way to get through that moment and and take into account that the self-regulation is lacking? Right. Well, we have a whole toolbox when we work with parents of kids with ADHD that we want to pass on to them. So they have a lot of options in the moment. But I think the the most helpful thing might be to remember that window. Remember mm-hmm. that it, although, you know, sometimes kids might do things that are intentionally, you know, to push buttons. Most of the time, this is not on purpose. This mm-hmm. is just they're really having it's trouble. not provoking. No. Right? Yeah. yeah. They're having trouble making good decisions because they it's more effortful to, to draw on. On their past experiences uh, to change. So yeah, I always I reach to my mother-in-law uh, who has passed away now, but I reach to her all the time in parenting. That you know, her she she had the simple distillation, which was if if you if you if you react or make any decision in love, like if you think of it in the context of love, mm-hmm. it's the right decision, mm-hmm. right? And I think when I hear you say like, if you remind yourself of the window, you'd say. Oh, they're only focusing on one thing at a time. And this has nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. And if I'm going to be loving right now, I'm going to say, you know, I, I, I think I asked you to get your shoes on. I've asked you 10 times to get your shoes on. And I now see that you're only thinking about that rubber band. Mm-hmm. I need you to get your shoes on. I'll stand here until you do. Mm-hmm. And then we can hold hands as we walk to the bus. Right. right. And, it, and that's love as opposed to like, you're doing this to make me crazy. Right. But really, it's like going back to I have compassion and empathy for you as opposed to I'm angry at you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So you can get in their window. And that's where yeah. all of our tools start is how to help parents use that window to help your kid learn. So um, for for one example, kids with ADHD are going to need a lot more feedback mm. to be successful than other kids are because they're not getting it internally. They're getting their feedback from their environment. Parents can provide the right kind of feedback. And we want to see kids with ADHD getting a lot more positive feedback than negative because it really stinks, you know, as a kid with ADHD, when you're getting 
uh, negative feedback from so many different places in your environment. You know, you're you're behind in school, you're off task, your mm. teacher's on your case, and then kids at recess didn't want to play with you, and coaches are yelling at you. Parents are the ones who can increase that positive ratio. So yeah. we want kids with ADHD to be getting a lot of feedback when they're on track. Usually we wait until they're off track to yes, provide correction. But well, we, we start this early, them. even in toddlerhood, right? It's no this, no that, no this. And kids don't even know right from wrong at that point. So they don't even yeah. know what, when they're doing things right that that's the right thing because they don't hear it. We It's so yeah. easy to focus on what they're doing wrong because that's when it kind of – that's when it like pricks up our, our the hair on our back, you know. So yeah. I, I think that's a lovely, lovely reminder. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about the brain with kids with ADHD. I mean we talk about kids with ADHD diagnosis as that kind of the cell brain level that's mm-hmm. inherited, that typically, you know, this is strongly, strongly genetic so that parenting and parents may have had a hard time with school and a hard time at home and may even have challenges into adulthood with their own inattention or ADHD themselves. So yeah. t- how does the brain process kind of the parenting discipline reward structure differently. Yeah, it's a great point because we do see a lot of parents coming in for their child to be evaluated, but they tell us, you know, I had really similar problems when I was his age, or I still struggle with always losing my sunglasses, and I have trouble being on time for things. Uh, That's so, my diagnostic for ADHD, yeah. I'd like to say. Like, so we many of us. Yeah, <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah, so many of us. That's a big issue for me, too. Yeah. Um, but we, we can recognize, you know, when parents are struggling to be consistent and to kind of follow through with the parenting strategies they want to use or they intended to use, that, of course, can make things even more complicated. I wouldn't cause ADHD in and of itself, but um, but we do want to help parents be more consistent with their own behavior, too. Yeah, and you talk about dopamine, and dopamine is, you know, a neurotransmitter. So that just, you guys, means that it's a cell in the brain that releases chemicals mm-hmm. and talks to other cells in the brain. Mm-hmm. And dopamine is also the center kind of our, of reward. So it's like when you hear that you're addicted to your cell phone, and we say you're addicted and we know it because of the dopamine in your brain, it's like the little beep comes in from a text message and you get a little bit excited. Mm-hmm. And kids with ADHD are different, right, at the cellular level in some ways of how yeah. they respond to good stuff. So talk about that yeah. too. Yeah. So kids with ADHD are processing dopamine a little differently than the rest of us. And they're not getting the natural sense of reward from things going on day to day that other kids are. So they're not maybe getting that sense of satisfaction from getting that math problem complete. Hmm or being ready on time, uh, or being really interested in the video their teacher's showing that day. Mm. but on Or maybe on when the, their friend hugs them right when they walk into class, it isn't as big of a deal to them as it might be to yeah, another child, right? Yeah, yeah. Their, their attention, though, is going to be drawn to whatever's the most exciting thing in any given setting. <laughs> yeah. And then they're going to get a lot more dopamine um, in that moment. And it makes it tough for kids in the boring times of day, like getting schoolwork done, getting dressed, getting ready for bed, because they they're not feeling rewarded. Yeah. So this is actually something we can use to help kids with ADHD is we can build in rewarding experiences for them during the boring times. Yeah. So if getting getting for bed is ready for bed is a classic time that kids <laughs> have trouble motivating cuz there's nothing fun Unravel. coming after yeah. that, right? You're right. just getting into bed. So if we can put help parents put something really rewarding and immediate again in the window to help kids get their pajamas on and get their teeth brushed, 
refreshed, then we'll see them be more motivated and in turn feel successful and get the routine down. They need that repetition to get the routine. And and what about screen time? Because I think, you know, families with kids with ADHD have heard things in the media about early screen exposure and its, you know, contribution to inattention Mm -hmm. or the way that a child's brain is wired and then how kids with ADHD even respond to screens. Talk about that too. So screens would be a dopamine flood, right? They're so (laughs) reinforcing. Even for those of us who don't have ADHD, it's hard to pull yourself away. It's interactive, immediate feedback. So if your child with ADHD loves screen time way more than maybe your child who doesn't have the challenge, that's almost biologic. It is. It is. So just I want to kind of give parents credit for that challenge being harder with kids maybe who are kind of seeking that rush and flood that they can maybe only find when something is like, what you to your point, high excitability, like something like a screen, even yeah. that just kind of captures. And then when you take the screen away, dopamine's you know gone now, and, and it's, it's really frustrating hard. for kids. It's like yeah, cliff. It's like kind of coming down a cliff of yes. excitement stuff. Yes. Well, so okay. I, hopefully, this information from Dr. Shanefelder helps us understand that you know to your points, um, you know, kids lack this internal self-regulation this limited window of time. So, you know, the reason that it's harder to parent a child like this is they are living actually in the beautiful way that's really mindful um, and that they process rewards and even just the way that you parent probably differently than a child without ADHD. And I wrote a a friend of mine who's parenting a child with ADHD and, and, and I said, you know, what do you want other people to know? And she said, I'd say that the biggest learning for me through the process and what I wish I knew a long time ago was to look inward first, examine my own patterning, you know, what pushes my buttons and where that's coming from and take care of myself first so I can find the space between the stimulus and the response and just kind of be mindful. And she said that kind of getting into power struggles all the time because she was even reacting without a knowledge of her child's pattern, you know, that 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 really is kind of provoking to her. And once she paused and observed what was happening kind of inside herself and all watching kind of how her son was processing, she was so much better able to respond in ways that, of course, met his needs, but also really met her own and his own too. And I think you know, at the same time, then she was kind of preserving the relationship they had rather than constantly feeling like it was breaking down. And I just love thinking about the opportunity of saying, if we understand and value and with love look compassionately to these kids and they're processing differently, when we can take some strategies of and principles to your to your recommendations, Dr. Shane Felder, on, on parenting a child with ADHD. So I want to go through your five tips. Mm-hmm. And we're going to run through these quickly and we will put them online as well. But I want I think there. I think as you go forward and you're kind of examining how do you kind of care for yourself and how we're provoked. All of us can learn from this, mm-hmm. child without ADHD or not. But in particular, and then how can we take that you know change in self regulation and the window of time, and then also the way that kids process reward differently, um, to have this be just much more loving and successful, and also find ways to care for ourselves so that we're the parent we want to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so number one, you, you start us off, please. Yeah, so number one would be increase the positive. Uh, we want three times as many pieces of positive feedback and positive interactions with your child 
than corrective and negative interactions. So we want to challenge parents to catch them being good, catch them in the moment when they are on track, give them attention then versus when they start to get off track. And this is not only going to help improve behavior, kids are going to feel more successful, but it's going to improve relationships. Oh, yeah. And if the relationship is really you know, threatened and strained, it's going to be hard for anything to change in terms of behavior. So yeah, we and, start there. And that bond, right, you say, and we, we know this, but as a reminder, right, the parent-child bond is really protective for a child in the lifelong space. That forming that sense, like that sense of safety yeah. is really good. And part of the way we do that is acknowledging when things are going great. Absolutely. It's kind of just like changing the fork. It's like there's more sunshine in the day, right? If we're talking about, like, back to my mother-in-law again, but she used to, I mean, we joke about it now that she's passed away, but, like, she used to just be like, are we having a great time? (laughs) And then we'd be like, an hour later, she's like, dinner is great. Aren't you guys having a great time with me? You know, and we'd be like, oh, we're having a great time. You know, like, if if we just keep all day long saying, like, isn't it amazing that we're on vacation together today? And look at you. Like, aren't you so glad that you read the book you wanted to read? And, you know, I mean, it's like if we do that during the day, right, at the end of the day, you say, like, we had a great day. Yeah, right. right. So I think, like, I think of it as, like, sunshine. You're going to end up at that three-to-one ratio, right? And it's not false, right? There's going to be a moment that you're like, I love this part of the drive. I mean, this does not have to be a bunch of crud, right? Yeah. Like, it's like, isn't it beautiful when we go on this curve and the leaves are changing this time of year? Like, I talk about that with my kids all the yeah. time. I feel better when I'm acknowledging natural beauty, too, you right. know? like So or it doesn't just, just have to be their performance, right? Right. It's just showing an interest in what they're interested in, too. If they want to tell you about, you know, the, the Pokemon movie coming out, then... Give them a couple minutes and and show interest. That's yeah, a and positive I think interaction. If you just said we're going to turn the screen off at ten, and they turn the screen off at ten, it's like have a little party. Oh, you yeah. You know, like <laughs> if they did it right, it's just like huge. you are awesome. You yes. Know, like, uh, yeah. I re- yeah. I remember right. one of my um one of my the a family I lived with when my family moved to Co- Costa Rica when I was in high school. Um, she used to do this thing with her dogs where she like normally gave her dog like one treat, and then every once in a while she'd give her dog like ten. <laughs> as like this little party excitement, and it's like it's amazing when something happens. You you don't expect, you know, like, Absolutely. and we can do that with our kids. So we can some days completely overreact <laughs> to some yeah. great success. And I think it's really rewarding. Absolutely. So your number two is anticipate. And, you know, we do this with parenting strategies on all fronts, but help help a family raising a child with ADHD understand that in, sure. in a way specifically yeah. for their setup. So because a child with ADHD isn't shifting their window forward as easily, that means parents have to be the ones to use their windows to shift forward and think about what are the things that are going to be challenging today? What are the things that might get my child off task? What's happened in the past that um, that I could maybe change or set up differently this time so that they can feel successful? So I had one family I was working with where child would be almost ready for school and then he would always forget his socks oh and they would send him back so upstairs yeah, right, so to, frustrating. to get his socks and inevitably he would get distracted, distracted. Yeah. and making faces in the mirror. It could be anything. And then they'd have to go retrieve him and they'd be late for school. So they realized this pattern and they put a shoebox full of socks By down the in the shoe closet yeah. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, yeah. he didn't have to go get the socks anymore. I love it. And, I love it. you know, these small tweaks of just uh, prepping the environment to try to try to put the tools that your child needs there. And I think that gives credit, like that's loving, right? That says, I'm not going to be able to change this distractibility 
entirely, yeah. right? So I can be loving and say, it's hard to remember that. And although most families don't have to have a box of socks by the door, maybe our family does. And mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that you're not parenting well. That doesn't mean that your child is failing. That means you're saying, I get to help my child live a wonderful, happier, more successful life. And this accommodation doesn't put me out. Right. And I think if we start thinking about how we create a home and a life where a child has things like a squeezy ball in the classroom that they love and it helps them keep their attention, or we have an accommodation that says, yeah, every 15 minutes you just go up and sharpen your pencil because it helps you just to get up and move and come back Mm -hmm. and nobody needs to know, but the teacher has, you have permission from the teacher. We're just saying there's nothing wrong with you. There's nothing wrong that other kids don't need to get up and sharpen their pencil, but you can do that and your day will be even that much better. Yes, yes. And especially thinking about times your child's going to be bored because boredom is like nails on a chalkboard for a child with ADHD. It's intolerable. So Mm. if your child is always picking on their siblings when you're in the car, could it be because they're bored? Car rides can be really boring. Mm. And could you anticipate that and maybe bring along a brand new magazine on the long car ride or yep. or a little puzzle that they can do or just something to keep them occupied. Yeah, and I'd say, I mean, and not to be super permissive, you know, I'm pretty screen free in, in the way I parent, but that might be if you have a one or two screen time limit every day in your home, You, if you know you're going to be in the car for a half hour and you want your day to be better too and you want your kid to have a successful drive wherever you're going, that might be the time frame if they can tolerate it that you Could do be. screen time, right? Yeah. So it's like build in kind of some of the rules and limits and rewards into places that make sense. So sure. I love that setting kids up for success. So number three is is about, it kind of lends back to your concepts around the window, but it's um, provide frequent, immediate feedback. So talk about that. Right. So we talked about catch them being good, so uh, giving them praise in the moment, but also giving them feedback when you see them starting to get off task before things have turned into a flaming disaster. Uh, <laughs> can you remind them of what the expectation was and steer them back in the right direction. Um, And it needs to be in their window, right? It needs to be in the moment. If you do it later and say, hey, I noticed at swimming swimming lessons, you weren't listening to the teacher. Next week, you really need to. That's not effective feedback. Yeah, it's like walking over while you're on the side of the pool deck and saying, hey, you're having a hard time paying attention. Remember we talked about this? You know, refocus. And then then maybe even talking about what reward do they get for that, right? Because rewards are processed differently. Because maybe the lesson isn't rewarding for them. Right. Because let me tell you, swimming lessons, as we've discussed in podcasts previously, were not really great for me. So, yeah, okay. Um, That kind of brings us to the fourth one, which is uh, we know that if kids are not getting a natural sense of reward because of their ADHD from day-to-day things, we can put rewarding experiences into their day in the in the tough times. So part of this is you got to find your child's currency. What do they care about? What motivates them? Uh, a lot of parents go for like money or allowance, and for many kids, that's just not that powerful. Yeah. It's maybe it's cool, you know, the first couple times, but it's not as meaningful as uh, getting a coupon that they can cash in for their uh, treat tonight, or huh. getting a special outing with parents, or one-on-one attention with. parents parents as a reward. Uh-huh, Just play deal. time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we want to, you know, not necessarily use candy and toys as bribery, although sometimes I'm really in favor of candy and toys as bribery. <laughs> we, but we all are. Yes. I think at times it's very appropriate. It can be. Yes. <laughs> yeah. um, but but just put the put the fun things right after the boring things so that kids uh-huh. can get over that hump of, oh, this is such a slog. Yeah. 
by having something to look forward to. Yeah. And, and, and doing that throughout the day, right? So that it's not just like that rewards are a part of the day so that you can have all those sunshine moments because yes. you're saying like, oh, I set you up for success. I'm rewarding you as it's happening. And then when it's happening, I'm like, this is awesome. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like maybe when they are completely dressed and their teeth are brushed in the morning, they get to pick out the special treat that goes in their lunchbox. Yeah. So that. something that's that's going to happen anyway, but just the way you space it can be really effective. And that leads us to the very last one, which, you know, we've talked about how ADHD is genetic and it's hard to be a perfect parent all the time. So if you have a child with ADHD, you or your partner or someone else around you may have similar tendencies. But modeling and then even kind of out loud talking about the day as it's going is going to be really important. So that's your fifth tip. So explain that of model and narrating the missing skills. Yes. We know that not only are kids going to be naturally more disorganized or distractible or forgetful, but they also miss the opportunities to learn organizational skills along with their classmates. So they're just not learning how to set up reminders for themselves or keep track of appointments or put their materials in order. I think the pull for parents is to do that for them. And that's certainly appropriate, especially when your child's young. But you don't want them to be getting to be 17 years old and ready to leave home. And they've they don't know how to remember a doctor's appointment. Right. So increasingly, you can point out as you do those things for them. Like, how are we going to keep track of the three things we need to buy at the store today? What do you think? Let's set up a reminder that'll pop up when we get there so we can check it. Or um, how will you remember the five things to bring to baseball practice? Let's make a little luggage tag for your baseball bag that says that. mitt, glove, mitt yeah. ball, bat, awesome. so that... Um, they can take increasingly take the reins in organizing themselves. And if you don't comment on it, they're going to miss it. It's not in their it. window. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think there's a, there's a, a tendency where um, you, you start to feel like a nag, right? Mm-hmm. So I talk with parents in, in clinic about that, that it, I, I've never heard that. I love the luggage tag idea to say, okay, you have this thing on this sports bag. There are five things there. You're still going to probably have to be the one to say, hey, go look at the luggage tag. I'll be in the car. Yes. And then when they get in the car, you say, hey, what was on the luggage tag? Did you get it in the bag? And that you ahead of time say with your child, my job is to make the luggage tag with you, and my job is to ask you about it when you get in the car. Yes. Right? So that you're not nagging. It's just your part of the job. Yes. I, that's a great point. You know, that because I think what happens with kids who feel like they need guidance and coaching around organization and schoolwork and pulling the backpack out and having reminders on the fridge and checklists and chores and all this stuff, it gets so overwhelming to kids and to parents, and it breaks down and erodes into nag, 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 you failed me, you failed me, nag, nag, nag. And I think if ahead of time you say, you know, we make contracts sometimes in clinic with kids and moms and dads together where I say, okay, like, what are you doing when this happens? And what is kid doing when this happens? Mm -hmm. And then everyone's like, okay, those are my roles and responsibilities. And I always say to the kids, you make sure your parent is doing that Mm -hmm. because that can be a bonus, right? Like where you're like, you didn't ask me when I got in the car about my luggage tag. And kids love that. They love to police their when they're younger particularly, but they love to police their parents. So I think you know, setting kids up for success in these organizational systems and these accommodations can then take the weight off of 
the parents feeling like, oh, I'm asking again and it's bothering them. Yes. You know, it kind of it's like changing habits. It's almost like when you're helping a kid who – and lots of kids with ADHD, you know, will sometimes have tendencies like nail biting or, um, you know, habits that they want to break too. And it's really hard. And I'll say, well, what do you want your parent to do? Do you want them when you're watching TV to tell you to take your fingers out of your mouth? If you don't, then they're not going to do it. But if you want them to do it, then they'll do it. Mm-hmm. Or maybe you want them to do it when you're not with your friends. Mm-hmm. And that's the condition. But make those rules ahead of time. Yes. And get child's buy-in. I think that's also yeah. what you're describing is kids can be part of the process of setting up these systems and figuring out what they need to oh, be yeah. able to remember. The more the kid does and makes a plan, right, the more it's theirs, Absolutely. right, as opposed to this yeah. paternalistic like or maternalistic thing we do. Yeah. Well, that was awesome, Dr. Schoenfelder. Thank you. My pleasure. As reminders, it's hard to parent a child with ADHD. They have different levels of self-regulation because of their biology, because of the way they process dopamine, and because of how they focus on almost a lovely mindfulness of what's happening in the moment. But they can get really flooded with a moment and really distracted by one exciting thing happening at once so that they can't think about what happened earlier this morning or later tonight. Five principles for parenting a child with ADHD. Number one, build in some really exciting sunshine. Catch them when they're doing good. Three to one. That means three times more you're likely to talk about how awesome your kid is, not because you're overdoing it, but because you're just reminding them how great they're performing when they're performing in appropriate, loving, compassionate, acceptable ways that you know probably more than anyone on the planet your child has in them. That parent-child bond by building in more sunshine and catching them when they're doing good will serve both of you and will be protective for your child. Anticipate what's hard. Move the sock box to the door. Change up the trapper keeper zipper binder and how you guys take it from home and set your kids up for success so that they feel awesome when they go to that sports team because they've done everything they needed to do. Number three, provide frequent immediate feedback. Remember, they're focusing on that time. So don't expect them to remember what they did wrong yesterday and don't talk about what's happening six hours from now. When something's going well and when something's going wrong, provide feedback right when it's happening. That's going to be different than some of the other parents in your milieu, and it's fine. If you're the one who in the middle of the sports team goes up and talks to your kid, that's okay. You're parenting a different child. Number four, motivate with incentives. Kids with ADHD process reward differently. So find their currency. You know, Dr. Steinfelder told us today, figure out what that is that motivates your child and then sprinkle it throughout the day. And last, do your best to help your kid understand where they have a challenge, talk with them about it, plan with them organizational systems, and transfer the responsibility. How you help an 8-year-old with ADHD is, of course, profoundly different from where you want to be helping your 15-year-old with ADHD. So think of this as a long-term game of gradually giving them the skills to figure out how to make these systems so they head off to college or off to their job with great success. Thanks for joining me, Dr. Sheenfeld. Thank you. And for all those amazing tips. I learned so much. And the reality is parenting is such a high-stakes job, but the good news is you've got this. Thanks for listening. The Seattle Mama Doc Podcast episodes air every single week. I'm always interested in hearing what you have to say, what was helpful, and what you want to learn more about. Reach out to me on Twitter at Seattle Mama Doc, on my Facebook, Seattle Mama Doc, or at SeattleMamaDoc.com. Tell me what you want to learn. Tell me if you want to join me and point me to experts you'd love to learn more from. 